You're listening to the Down the Pub podcast, Canada's premier football show. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Uh, welcome to this episode of the Down the Pub podcast. We uh, have a returning guest, somebody who's going to get their, their own full show this time. Uh, Akeem stole your thunder the last time I think you were on. Um, uh, somebody who has a big history in Halifax. Uh, he's he's a big legend here in Halifax, and we were kind of sad to see him go in the offseason. Uh, welcome to the show, Big Al, Alex DeCarolis. Welcome back, man. Thank you, Anthony. It's good to be back. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man, it's uh, it, it's we, I saw your your big news on Instagram, and uh, I I just really wanted to to get a chat in and see uh, what's been going on. So before we kick into that, um, you're in Sweden right right now. So how's things going there, and uh, how's things with the, the the football? Yeah, Sweden's good. I mean, after the CPL season last year, I came directly here, and I haven't been back since. So I've been here for better part of nine, ten months now. So. Um, it's like my second home. I've lived here for three years prior to CPL. Um, so my girlfriend's from here. So I'm really uh, familiar with this area and it's, um, it's become my second home away from Canada. So it's, uh, it's been nice and the football, it's, uh, uh, it's okay. I'm playing in the fourth league right now. I'm just playing fun. Basically this year, I couldn't find a professional team, unfortunately. So I just wanted to keep playing. I didn't want to stop cold Turkey after the Island games last year. So I'm playing, staying fit, um, but I'm enjoying football for the first time in a long time. So it's um, it's been it's been okay. It's great to hear you say that you're enjoying football. Like, I mean, um, uh, how horrible was the the bubble to be a part of last year? Because I like I'm talking to some of the guys this year, and like, there's so many games. Uh, you're kind of stuck away from everybody. Like, so how did you find the experience yourself last year? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't the best, but I mean, it wasn't bad either. To be fair, like we had everything we needed there. Um, we we all understood what we were going into before we went, so we all could have declined if you wanted to. I mean, obviously, you don't want to be contained in a bubble, but we were playing games, so it was fun that we were still playing. Um, I guess this year's bubble, it's a bit better from what I've heard from some of the guys. Um, they, it's a bit more lenient and they can do more things, but um, it was okay. I mean, it was we were there for almost two months I believe it was so it was it was good that we were winning when we were there I can't imagine if we were <laughs> Edmonton or one of the lower teams during that it would have been horrible but we had a good season so it was enjoyable for the most part it's good to hear it's good to hear man so uh so I was on Instagram and then I saw this amazing thing pop up the ADC player agency and I was intrigued and uh, I got to check it out and um where where did this idea come from and uh, where did Alex DeCarolis player agent uh, where, where did you get how when did you get your license and uh, tell us a little bit more about what's going on yeah so it's something I've kind of always wanted to do post my playing days um, I've always kind of thought it would be interesting I was kind of my own agent in my own career from college um, going to Sweden for the first time I didn't have an agent I literally emailed every single team from the first tier to amateur and Sweden, Norway, Denmark, Iceland, um, all the Scandinavian countries. So I probably sent hundreds and hundreds of emails just to come across. And I kind of like got my first contract being by myself. Um, I got to my second team in Sweden, which was professional um, by myself, like through just calling people. So I've kind of always had that interest. Um, once I became professional for real, then I got a real agent and just to kind of see how it works behind the scenes. 
something that always interested me. I studied law in university as well. I specialize in contract law. So I kind of have that background to begin with. And I've always wanted to stay in the football market once I was done playing. And I kind of see how a lot of players in Canada go under the radar and never really make it just because before the CPL, there was nowhere to go after you turn 18 unless you had a passport like I did. Um, Now there's only, what, 11 professional teams in Canada. So there's not many opportunities for players to get contracts. So I feel like I've built enough connections in Europe from playing and just it's a small circle of soccer it is. So I feel like I've built a lot of connections and I can help players come to Europe and vice versa, Europeans and Central Americans, whatever, come to North America. So it's a new chapter in my life. And um, I got my license about last week, I believe it was. So congrats. Yeah. So it's uh, it's a long time coming, but uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for the new journey. Do you, do you have the license in a frame? Uh, not yet. It's still, it's still emailed, <laughs> but it will be, it will be. I'm trying, I emailed it to my mom. So I, I do this on my fridge at home, back in my hometown. So <laughs> it's so, there somewhere. So uh, like, um, as you mentioned there, like you left the, the Wanderers like last season and uh, obviously during a pandemic. So how much of you trying to find a new club yourself inspired you to, uh, to, to, to want to do this? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I didn't think this agent was going to come this soon in my life. I thought I was going to have a couple more years playing professionally. I was still fit. I was still in good shape and good form. Um, to be fair, um, I thought a CPL team would have picked me up, but it didn't happen. So I had to make a new career plan. So, um, I just think um, it's just it was the right time to do it. And um, how, how much uh, did that inspire you to, to start uh, the, the agency? Yeah, very much because I didn't have a team and then I was out of a job, right? So I got to find a way to create a living. So I luckily that I have enough time in Sweden now because um, I don't work anywhere else. I do this full time. So I probably behind the scenes for about two, three months before I posted anything was working every day, just creating my website, creating contacts, just kind of floating ideas around people and how to go about doing it. And then the day I announced was the day I thought I was ready to become public. And um, yeah, now it's my full-time job. Um, and I'm looking forward to, I believe I have a couple of players. I do have a couple of players now, but I believe that I'm going to start in the winter window is when I'm going to start really, um, giving players contracts hopefully so that's the uh the plan right now like it's amazing that like obviously like you've you've seen the pitfalls uh you've been there um it, it's gonna it, giving people the advice and stuff for that is going to be uh, a, a, a big thing of it so i saw i saw on the website there your website's really nice by the way Thank that you. you were the, the first professional player from sarnia so like what what was it like for you? Like, I mean, like, as you mentioned there, you didn't have an agent, uh, like trying to get into college soccer and stuff like that. Like, what was it like for you as a kid trying to get into uh, these colleges? I mean, it was very, very, very difficult. The team I played with, like, I was never on an academy, never on like a fancy team. I played with 10 hockey players and I was the only soccer player <laughs> on my starting 11. So like we were horrible, but our team was always athletic. We were hard to play against. So in tournaments, we always did well. Um, I got scouted to go to school from a tournament. So from there, I kind of just, um, just always kind of progressed and progressed. And once I got real coaching in my career, I kind of, I was always been a late bloomer. 
So it just, I was kind of slow developed. I wish looking back at it, I would have had someone in my corner and then I would have done things differently. Maybe I wouldn't have gone to school and started professional earlier, but I didn't know. Right. And a lot of players in Canada are the similar situation. They don't know. They have no one to follow. Um, I literally had no one. I always wanted to play professional soccer, but there was no one saying, Hey, do this, do this, do this. It was kind of me just carving my own path. And I don't regret anything. I believe I could have had a better career if I was born in Toronto, if I was born in Montreal, <laughs> Vancouver, Europe, but that's the way life is. Um, I felt the career that I've had, I'm really happy with. I got to play in Europe, which not a lot of people could have done. Um, I get to play in the CPL, which is a new league, which I believe is going to be huge in the future. And um, now um, I believe being an agent that was a player, a lot of players are going to look up to me and they're going to say, okay, like he knows what, I, what I'm going through because he did go through that. So I believe that's what's going to set me apart from most agents because most agents never really play. They just kind of are a money guy and they're not in it for the player's interest where I kind of see both sides. So that's my saying, at least I hope that's going to be true, but I believe that's what's um, going to be best for me in the future. So like being an agent there or running an agency, it's not just people always have this idea of the, the guy with a cigar, like signing the contract and like taking his cut and away he goes kind of thing. But like, there's so much more to it now. Like, I mean, like you've got social media, marketing, sponsorship deals and, and stuff like that. Like, so how, how much has social media changed the role of, of an agent? Huge. I mean, as soon as I went public, I announced it on, so I have a company, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn and my website. So I launched everything, like all social media and my website at the exact same time. And I'm not kidding you. I've gotten like near two to 300 emails, texts, because now my number is public. So it's everywhere. Like of players, I've had three coaches that have reached out to me asking for help. Like it's been crazy. Um, but social media, that's the way it is these days. Like that's everything is on there. Um, I can't imagine 10, 20 years ago, trying to do this and having to go find your players. Um, now it's pretty much players are coming to me. Now it's my job to <laughs> vouch for them, find where they played, see if I know anyone who's played against them or with them. So a lot of background checks, because like we mentioned before, off the record, highlight tapes, you can, everyone looks good on a highlight tape. So that's your highlight. So now it's my job to find, okay, where are their mistakes? Where, what are they bad at? How can they translate to different leagues? Um, but it's been pretty ex exciting. I have a couple of players right now that I'm working with that I'm in the process of signing. And um, I think it's going to be um, good once I get one player signed to a good level, then it's going to start spiraling like that. So it's uh, interesting. That's the thing. Like, I mean, like football is kind of a weird, uh, it, it's such a weird sport in the fact that like it's global, but it's also very, very small. So how, how important are those contacts that you, like how important is it to build contacts in the game to, to, to transition into a role like this? I think huge. I mean, my two coaches, I've had three good professional coaches in my career. The first one was a guy named Johan Mjaldi. Um, He played 200 games for Celtic, Celtic coach yep. Celtic, Sweden legend. My second coach in Umia, um, my team in Sweden, he was the assistant coach for the Canada women's team. He won the Champions League for women's. And then I had Stephen Hart, who's Canada legend. So I've had three really, really good coaches that are background. So like just throwing those names around when I'm talking to players, like already elevates you too. And there's a lot of teams in Europe and Scandinavia that I'm working with that 
Um, I'll just use the second league in Sweden, for example. There's been three um, players from the CPL who were stars in the CPL, according to the CPL. But they brought them to the second league in Sweden this season, and they're not playing at all. Like they're like they're at the end of the bench every game. And that's a second league in Sweden. And two of my teams that I played with in Sweden are now in a second league. And I have players that are stars in those leagues that want to come to the CPL. So it's like, it's pretty interesting to see like how much the CPL especially has grown globally. Um, players are seeing it like on our Instagrams, like we look bigger because like it's the league does a really good job at advertising. So now like I'm having players that are, pretty like average players in Europe, but would be stars in North America. Just they've never been given that bridge to connect those two. So I think that's, what's going to help me too, that I played in pretty high level teams. Um, at the time they were third league in Sweden, but now both those teams are in the second league. So I think it's going to be um, interesting once the ball gets moving. Yeah. Um, so like now, now you're on the, the, the other side of the fence and you're the agent. Uh, do you wish you were nicer to your agents? Yeah. <laughs> Luckily for me, my agent was my, um, I coach with him back in my academy back home that I coach with when I'm home for a vacation or whatnot. So we know each other before it was player agent relationship. So, um, but I'm sure if you ask him, he says, I'm pretty annoying because there's lots of times where I would um, always be on him all the time. And now I'm the agent and I'm having players message me like, Hey, do you have any response? I'm like, Hey, like we just messaged yesterday. Like it takes time to develop, but I get it. I was a player. Players, that's all we think about is your contract. But as the agent now, I might have a hundred players messaging me the same thing. So like it's now it's gonna be a matter of like satisfying everyone so they're okay, you know. So it's I had a laugh with him the other day. Actually, I'm like, I'm like, I'm sorry now that I was this annoying to you because these guys are so annoying to me now, but it comes full circle. Love it, love it, love it. So in these uh, like everybody's kind of tired of covid and tired of talking about it but it, like it's something that just, it's, that's not going away anytime soon like, in, in the terms of like trying to travel and get in somewhere uh, to different countries without being vaccinated and da, 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 da. so for yourself how's how's the, how, how's the, that challenge going to be for you to try and promote these players like because like you know back in the day somebody was interested you'd go for a trial you know that they'd, they'd look at you and a lot of the times it's down to you right i mean like you, you get out there you play well you get a contract if you play crap or you you're just not into you don't look interested you don't get it right so how, how's that challenge going to be for you like uh, to try and get the, the, the guys out there yeah because i thought about that because i've had a lot of players reach out that they're promising talents but they never played professional before but like they're a kid they're 16 17 18 so like usually you'd have to go scout them and vouch for them and all that kind of thing i thought about that now that i'm in europe because it's i mean to be fair europe is the best of football in the world so like take advantage while i'm here it's tough to travel now like you said um the way i'm kind of thinking as of now is to just for the first year or two until I, until i get on my feet is just to work with players that have have um, good backgrounds that I know the level that are professionals. Um, not to say that I'm not going to work with a youth who's an amateur unless I've someone seen them or I know them pers personally. But I think for now, the first couple of years to work with players that I've already seen, I've known, I've known the level um, just because it's just cost efficient for me not to travel a lot. Um, Sweden is pretty lucky that we never really had COVID here in the sense that there's been no restrictions. Um, games have been playing. 
So I've been scouting in Sweden. I've been on two different scouting trips already, um, just scouting local youth players around. So I think until COVID gets under wraps, um, it's gonna, I'm going to be pretty much just working on my laptop and working with players that reach out to me. Um, I think a good thing is the CPL is going to be my biggest market, I think, for the first couple of years, just because I'm fresh out of it and all the coaches know me from a player. Um, I've already spoken with a couple clubs in the CPL, introducing myself as the agent now, not the player. <laughs> so um, I think I'm pretty confident that I'll have some of my players in the CPL in 2022. Um, but obviously, as I grow, I want my players to be in higher leagues that are one better financially, but two better football as well. So that's going to take time. I mean, I'm not going to have a player playing for Real Madrid or Barcelona tomorrow, obviously, but that's the goal, right? You always want to strive for something. And I think in time, that's where I want to be. But for now, my, my short to medium term goal is I want to be the like CPL agent. I want to be the guy who has the best players in the league. Um, and I think I have the resources to do that. Yeah. And uh, like, you know, uh, you're a very trusted person in the CPL too, which, which really helps. Like, I mean, like uh, nobody ever really has a, a bad word to say about you, man. Like you're, you're a really good person. So, so like, I, I mean, if, if, if you don't mind, I don't know whether you could do this, but like, so <clears throat> I'm a player, I give you a call. What's, what's the journey? Like what, what's the next step for them once they get in touch with you? Like what, where, where does it go? Yeah. So a good thing about me, which I hope most agents are, is they're very transparent. If I don't think I can work. So initially it's the first message you message me. If it's just the intro, I ask like your name, your CV, your transfer market video, just so I can get like who you are. If you send me something that like right away is like red flags, like in the sense, like I've had one guy send me a highlight tape where he's juggling a ball in his garage. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, like, that's pretty cool. But like, what can I do with that? Like, I can't do anything with that. So if I have something that I can't, I don't think I can work with like right away, I'll be honest. I'll say, Hey, good luck in the future. But at the moment I can't help you stay in touch if things change. Um, players that have drawn interest off the bats. Um, we kind of have a couple of exchanges through text back and forth before I work with anyone, they can be the best player in the world. I want to meet them kind of like this virtually, because if they're not going to be a person, if they're going to eventually make me look bad in the sense of just being a bad person off the field, that's going to make me look bad, right? So if I can't, if I don't think our personalities will match um, off the field, then I don't think we'll be a good fit. If that is the case, um, then I say, okay, we met. I like what I see. I ask what their salary expectations are, what kind of um, living conditions they would like, just to get an idea. Because if the guy says, I want $10 million for the season, I probably can't do that for them right away. So then it won't be a match, but if it's something reasonable that I think would be um, efficient for me and good value for him, then I say, okay, that's, that's a good step. But then I tell him what my agency fees are and how that works and um, all that kind of thing. And then if we agree, then I basically say, okay, that's good. And then we'll work on a mandate. So a mandate basically is if you say, if you're the player, for example, I say, um, okay, Anthony, I'm gonna say, we're gonna sign a mandate just for the CPL clubs and the USL teams in the East, for example. So I am your talk, I'm the person representing you just for those clubs. The reason why I'm doing this is because I don't want another agent because I'm not naive. When I was a player, I was talking to lots of agents at the same time when I was unsigned. So I don't want five different agents talking to Halifax about you. So it makes me look bad once that yeah. comes around, you know? 
So that's the case. The mandate is signed. I talked to those clubs. Um, at this point, we still haven't signed a player agent contract because I don't want to tie a player down if I don't produce for them. I've had agents pressure me, sign with me for two years and I'll get you a club. But it's like, okay, well, I don't know you're going to get me a club. So I don't want to work like that. I know it's a risk for me because if you find a club elsewhere, then I lose you as a client. But I think player friendly, that's the best way to go. So if we during the mandate, I find you a club, then we would sign a player agent contract. Um, the um, the length of that term will be, we can negotiate that. And the cost, I have a fixed rate scaling. So between five to nine capita, 8% of your salary. Um, so yeah, basically that's how it's pretty simple once it gets moving, but there's a lot of steps leading to that. So I like one of the, one of the big phrases there that like, like popped out was like player friendly. I mean, as you said, like, uh, how many like hawkish Asians are out there? Like, I mean, it just feels like it's sometimes it's, a, it's almost like a, like, a, like a, a minefield, like trying to get through it all. You'd be surprised how many agents when I was playing, I'd say, okay, send me a thousand euros and then I will get you this trial, this trial. I'm like, no, that's the biggest red flag. The biggest red flag if an agent asks you for money before you sign anything or you have any contract, I will never charge a player one cent unless I get him a contract. Um, that's my incentive to work for them. Um, I've had agents say, okay, you need, you need to pay your hotel fee, your flights, your trial costs, and then you can go trial. It's like, no, like, they want me they want me if not they've not if it's a player who has no experience in the cpl and it's an amateur on the way up then a trial might be necessary but if it's like a player who has three years in the league he's experienced they don't need to be trialing there's enough video to see if you want them or not so that goes on the agent's job um but yeah there's you'd be surprised at some of the stuff i've heard i've had agents say okay send me your passport like so, I can see what your what your citizenship is. I'm like, I told you, I'm Italian. You either believe me or or I'm Canadian. You you believe me or you don't. But there's scam, and and the bad thing is, there's players that fall for this. Because when I was 17, 18, I had agents that showed interest, and they would say that kind of stuff. I'm like, oh, this guy really likes me. Like it's interesting. So, um, a lot of players fall for that kind of stuff. But me, like, I until I start getting players at big levels, like I'm not going to be making a lot of money for the first couple of years, but I'm okay with that. It's you have to build the founding blocks. And if I have a bad reputation off year one, then I'm never going to succeed, you know? So that's my goal is to be a player friendly agent. And then hopefully it comes around. That should be like your tagline, you know, Alex de Carlos player friendly yeah. agent. <laughs> it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, um, my name is because ADC, cause I got, that's what all the coaches like on the game board. It's always my initials for ADC. So like that kind of was catchy and it's the player's agency. So like I'm for the players. So I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. So, um, you, you kind of mentioned there about the, the guy sending you the video of him, like, uh, doing some keepy ups in a garage. Um, like <clears throat> if for, for young players that are listening or, or, or whatever, like, what what should they be putting into this video that they're going to like send out there? Yeah. I mean, videos like you to take a video with a grain of salt. Cause even my videos, like you would think I'd be playing for way, way <laughs> higher level with just on my video, you know, but like, like you always have to, I always say like on my video, like I should be playing for Real Madrid with my video, but it's like our inside jokes I've always had, but no, but basically like for me, I don't want to see you dribbling around cones on the street or in a park. I don't want to see you like doing technique with your dad. I've seen a couple of those, like, sure. It's nice, but like that doesn't tell me anything. 
Um, ideally, I want to be seeing you in a game setting. Um, I want to see like a lot of players don't put circles around them or arrows around them. So like, I don't know who I'm looking at and the camera zoomed out. So I'm looking at 20 players on the field. So a little, little spend a little time editing it and like making it presentable. Um, but just clean stuff. Like it's, you can see right away off one or two heights, someone's got something or not. Um, ideally if it's an amateur player who doesn't have professional like, games or like game footage, that's what you need. If you're a player who has professional games or stuff that's filmed, um, I have programs called against like, that stuff like that. So I can see everything. So the professional players that are reaching out to me, like I can go look at their instat and see all their scores, all their times they've dribbled and successfully like everything, but amateur players, like it's a lot of players. I feel like they add a lot of content that doesn't need to be there just to say, I have an eight minute video. Like it's better to have a one minute video of all highlights than eight minutes. If you just go with like a intro and a song and just random things, you know, keep it simple. And because most times like, and videos i don't watch the full 10 minutes either like i see the first two minutes if if it's interesting if it's interesting then i'll watch it if it's not then i just say no so 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 keep it simple so so the advice is it's a it's a it's a football highlights video it's not a music video is what you're saying exactly yeah so you don't need to exactly. do like any dance moves or nothing no. like that right so keep nothing it simple. like that yeah. So, so, um, where, where can people find, uh, all of this, uh, like your, your website, your, what you're into, what is your handles and where is the, uh, what's the website? Uh, yeah. So my website is www.adcplayersagency.com. Um, on there, I have links to all my social medias, um, all my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter, it's all there. Um, my Instagram handle is probably my biggest handle right now. And that is, um, at, uh, at Alex players, no, at ADC players agency, sorry, (laughs) at ADC players agency is my Instagram. But, um, if you go on my website, all my links are there and, um, I have a link tree that shows all my links. So, um, yeah, I'm always open to chats. I, um, obviously I offer free consultations. So if you ever just want to have a call and just to, learn the business for me like i'm always up for that i have a zoom tomorrow with someone who's in law school who wants to potentially intern for me and just kind of follow my route because he wants to be a sport agent and so i think it's pretty cool that he's already reaching out to me but he saw wow. my he saw my linkedin through a friend through a friend so like it's it's all connected social media so i'm always open to hear stuff like my phone doesn't stop anymore so um i'm super friendly so always reach out if you need that's that's amazing. Uh, I'll I'll also put the, uh, the 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 links in the, the description for the, the video, man. Um, so awesome. thank you. Just to uh, just to, to switch tack a little bit and get back to uh, like football itself. Um, the the Wanderers started their season. Um, I'm I'm sure you've been kind of keeping an eye. Um, it's been somewhat of a topsy turvy time for them already. So uh, what, how do you think they've been doing? Yeah, I think I've watched uh, four of their games. Um, I'm in Sweden, so I'm, what is that, eight hours from Winnipeg. So the games that are on earlier, I can see. Um, I always watch the highlights the next day and the replays if I have time. But from what I've seen, um, they just can't finish right now. I think they're creating more than enough chances to score game, score, in the goal, score goals, but um, they're just not finishing. I think that's going to come. That's probably comes with a lack of a preseason and – I mean, it's a whole new team, basically, again, we got, what is it, 10 new players or 11, something like that. So 
just because we came second last year, you're still building from scratch again. Um, for whatever reason that is, that's the reason. So it's going to take time for them to gel. Um, a lot of those guys are new players, so they're just trying to learn the system. I don't think it helps that Peter got hurt when he did. Um, Gems is on international return. So I think they're playing with what, like three right backs in the back four. So, yeah. <laughs> and to be fair to them, they're, they're doing well. Like that's not, that's not been their problem. I don't think their defending has been pretty well, I think. So I think they just need to get back to Halifax, regroup, get healthy, um, have Steven on the bench as well. Like he's not been there. I know Mezit's a good coach, but it's still not Steven's presence. So I think um, once he's back with the team, hopefully he's okay, by the way. I haven't really heard much about that. But hopefully once he's back with the team and the players get healthy, um, they're that. And to my, in my opinion, they've shown enough that they should be better than five points. Yeah, it's a, it's it's been like – from a fan's point of view, like watching it, it's it's been frustrating. But it's also, as you mentioned there, like it's uh, the fact that they're creating the chances. Like if if they were just like really boring, like uh, shutouts kind of thing for for the for the strikers, you'd be kind of going like shit, we're in trouble here. But the fact is that they're creating the chances, and it's just I, I feel like especially with Stefan, we kind of talked about him just before we we came on. Like if he scores one goal. I just feel yeah, like it's, it's going a bunch. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. As you mentioned there, with Stephen not being on the bench, like how, how much, how much do you think that's that would it be affecting? Like, what's what's he like? Uh, what's his like? As you mentioned, he's got a presence. Uh, what, how do you think they're they're missing him? No, I mean he's very like you don't really see on the video, but he's super calm off the field. He's awesome to be around. When I was there, all the guys loved him. I'm assuming it's the same this year. Um, he knows this stuff like he's his mind never stops football. Um, he's pretty interesting to listen to and just like different um, aspects of the game that as a player, you don't really think about that. He kind of mentions every now and then. So um, not to take anything away from Mezut. Um, I only knew Mezut for the one year, but he was awesome as well. So I'm pretty sure he's doing more than an OK job. And I'm sure him and Steven are communicating daily. And you have Jan and Dan on the bench as well that are just as good. So. But Steven, like, it's still like your head coach, right? It's always like the thing when when you're a player and your coach is in there at practice, so the practice is kind of chill, it's easier, but it's just because your head coach is gone. So it kind of has that feel. But um, I think um, they're professional enough not to let the level drop. I think they played two games without them and they've tied in one, I believe, or something, or they, they've done okay, I think. Yeah, oh, they like, lost like, the last one. Yeah, they, they lost the last one, but I think they've, they've got, like, uh, I think they've won one, they beat Edmonton, and then I think they drew two as well. I think it's been four games, I think. Okay, so they have five points, or yeah. four points, yeah, so they've done okay yeah. without them, but I think um, once they come back to Halifax, and I believe fans can come too, so it's people don't know, I mean, this is pretty much a whole new team, so they don't know what it's like playing in Wanderers grounds with fans, so I, I think the home field advantage is going to be um pretty special that first game back because i think you can have a couple thousand from what i've been reading yeah so. i've got my season ticket i'm, I'm pretty pumped go. we've got a we've got all the way the first game um i'm just i just don't even know what it's going to be like man it's like it's so long since i've actually seen a game myself and like the, the sad thing is is that like we didn't get to see that team last year where like uh how far he's went and stuff like that do you, do you feel like I know it's very hard to regret stuff, but like, do you feel like sad that you, that team didn't get to play in, in, in Halifax? Yeah. Because like we were special, we all clicked. Um, we, we changed every lineup, every game, and we still didn't really drop form. Um, we stayed healthy. That was the biggest thing. I mean, this year's the, this year Halifax is injured and it's showing like they're not winning, but last year for the most part, we had a full squad every single game. 
Um, so that helped us, but yeah, if we were to play in Halifax, like, I don't, honestly, I don't think we would have lost the game in Halifax with that squad last year. Like we were so good, um, defensively organized, um, we were scoring, like we were playing creative stuff. It was basically the same team as this year. Like the way we played, just stuff was going our way, but that happens when you win your first game and you get a couple goals. So we were clicking, um, it would have been a special feeling, but I mean, what can you do? It is what it is, but I'm sure all the new players, that's what we told them last year. It's like, oh, like you can't wait to come back to Halifax. And now <laughs> I'm kind of jealous because I'm not on the team anymore. So I'm going to be, I'm pretty jealous of those guys the first game back. I wonder if uh, if if we try and start a petition to have you play just one game back in Halifax because <laughs> you, you deserve to have your uh, your your goodbye, man. Because like it, it was horrible that like you've been a big part of the club, <clears throat> the club since the get go. You were the captain last year, and we never really got a proper uh, chance to say goodbye. So it, it really sucks. Um, so just just change and tack away a little bit more. Uh, Alex De Carolis is a beautiful Irish name, as you know, but uh, you, you also do you also do like the Italian national team. Um, a little bit. How how special was the Euros for you, man? It's like like I don't think people here in North America realize like like the how big this thing is back in Europe. Like it's big here. People like are talking about it all the time, but back in Europe, it's phenomenal so what yeah. was it like what, what was the, the euros like for you uh watching watching your boys do their thing yeah it was god now i've seen italy win twice in my uh my lifetime in 06 the world cup and now they won the Euros. so it's um it was pretty crazy especially because italy didn't qualify for the last world cup we got beat out by sweden um when i was living in sweden so like that was kind of like ever since mancini came back i think we've won 34 games so we've unbeaten in 34 games with like 25 shutouts in there so, I mean, this team is just on a mission. And the good thing is, like, other than the center backs, like, they're a young team. Like, everyone's in their mid to low 20s. So, I mean, who's? I mean, it's very hard to win Euro and World Cup back-to-back, but, like, they have the squad to do it. But this tournament is pretty special. Like, they didn't lose a game all tournaments. Um, group stage, they pretty much walked through that. A couple of troubles in the, in the knockouts, but they had Belgium and they had Spain. So, like, that's going to happen. But... It was just a special team, especially after uh, Spinozola went down. I thought he was the best uh, left back in the tournament by far. Um, as soon as he went down, like, okay, like Emerson's still class, but th- that was kind of where all our attacks came from. But the team didn't really drop, and they seemed like a really close knit team. Like through social media, you see videos of them like dancing on the bus and doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> and it really reminded me of our team last year. Like it was that kind of cohesiveness, and they had something to prove. and I was happy for them. Um, my parents are both Italian, so that's who I support every international tournament. My favorite league is the Italian league, so I'm a big Italian fan. So I was uh, pretty pumped to see that. Uh, how did how did uh, mom and dad take it? Are they still I celebrating? <laughs> yeah, my, my mom's not so much into sports, but she was happy just because through my dad. My dad was pretty happy. Um, he was pretty uh, excited because we're uh, Inter Milan fans as well. So we won the league this year, the Euros this summer. So it's, it's been a pretty good uh, couple months of football. Nice, 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 nice. So, so like, um, <clears throat> just to, uh, how, how cool was it to see, like, uh, I think it was, was it Chiellini or Benucci that was singing uh, It's Coming Rome or It's Coming uh, to Benucci. Rome? Benucci. It was yeah. Benucci and uh, Jorginho. Yeah. So how, uh, <clears throat> how special was it to see that? Because there was so much hype around this England team. Like, they were, like, you... you I don't think they like, they looked at the, the running that they had to get to the final compared to what 
Italy had done, like with Belgium and Spain, as you mentioned. Um, like, so h- how special was it to see that kind of stuff like, when you see the hype that was around the England team? Yeah, I mean, England had like, I think they only gave up one goal in the tournament, I believe, but like their group stage was fairly easy. Then they had Ukraine, Czech Republic. They played every single game at home except for one, I believe. So it's like, they had the easiest route to get there. And I feel bad for the players because it's not the players' fault, but the media is just like over the top. Like you've never won the Euro. So if one is not coming home because you've never, it's never been home. That was a World Cup you won. And so it's just like you put so much pressure on the team. And in the final, like they got off to the good start. They score off the start, but like Italy destroyed them the rest of the game. It's just, they just defended and let Italy do whatever. But they put too much pressure on the players and it's the same in the premier league. Like they make it sound like this, these guys are like the best of the best, but like you see so many players on Italy, for example, like Barella and Signia and uh, Berardi, like no one's probably even heard of those guys. And like, they just dominated the whole tournament, but it's because the Italian league, like it's low media. It's it's, they just play in England. It's so over the top in my opinion. And I was kind of happy that they didn't win. I couldn't deal with more of their fans and you, <laughs> you, you see all the, the abuse they give their players like it's disgusting but i couldn't be more happy to be honest that, that that's that's actually like a it's a fairly good point in the fact of like that you know like the, the media hypes them up the fans get into like a, a big fever about it and like they're like pushing them forward pushing them forward pushing them forward and then when they lose it's such a big cliff a big drop off like i think that feeds all that racist bullshit that the the fans had or the players had to deal with it's like it's it, it's such a nasty like I, I don't like there's two guys that play for England that were like played for Ireland in the youth setup and I, I kind of feel bad for them because like they're not only getting the hype from the English fans like Jack Grealish and Declan Rice like Irish fans are like pissed off at them obviously for for switching but I, I how would you be able to play in under that pressure man like it must be horrible and then and then like like they're stick, they're getting mad at the coach. And they're like, why would you make these guys make the sub? They take two the penalties. I'm like, the coach purposely brought them on in the last two minutes of overtime for that reason. These guys aren't amateur players. Like they all make hundred thousand euros a week. Like, like they can handle the pressure, but it's like you have to like imagine if you someone goes to your job and like destroys you because you're doing bad at your job. But it's like they missed the penalty. It's part of the game. It's against probably the best goalie in the world. So it's like, it's like, and you you attach your name to those comments it's like i saw one it was like an everton under 16 player was like saying racist stuff and it's like now everton kicked them off the team it's like are you that, that dumb to like like one have that opinion but two like have your name and what you do attached to that like you're so like you're so ignorant to like say stuff like that but i mean that's that shows the bad side of football and all of europe is like that all of the world is like that but it's just magnified in europe when england does it you know yeah big, big time um i like you know because because I'm Irish, I'm supposed to like like hate England and all that kind of stuff. But like I, I mean, like I, I follow the Premier League, like I follow Tottenham, Harry Kane's their captain. So like I also I want to see them do well. I get ridiculed by my friends for it, but like I I want to see them do well. But then you see that part of it and you can kind of see why people don't want them to do well because it's like it's it's that arrogant person that you see, uh, and you just want to see them fall on their face exactly just the way it is so, and, it's, and it's nothing to do with the players it's just the way it is so yeah it's 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 more the fans and the media that make people feel that way because i've nothing against any of the players whatsoever i think that like yeah i said i watched them week in week out and i love to watch them so um alex it's been an absolute pleasure uh catching up man it's been a lot of fun um i'm so happy for where your journey's taking you next man and i think that anybody who 
really wants to get into the game and uh, like wants to uh, have somebody in their corner, you're the perfect person for it. Um, you're definitely missing Halifax. You're a huge part of the Wanderers journey. Uh, as I said, it was pretty sad. We didn't get to say a proper goodbye to you at the Wanderers ground, but um, this club wouldn't be the way where it is without people like you who like give your time to the fans who take time to go to the pub after and like have a chat and, and all that kind of stuff, man. So like, like thank you like for uh, giving everything you did to the Wanderers, man. And, like, I don't think I, you really got that proper send off. I think they had like some small wee um, yeah, at the end. Uh, Instagram post or something like that. Like, thank you, Alex, or something like that. But like, it, like truly like everybody, every Wanderers fan uh, is going to miss you, man. It's a, uh, it's a big part of the club that, didn't come back this year so thank you thank you for hanging out and chatting with me man i really appreciate it and just give people your uh your social media stuff for the agency again just uh get another plug in there before you go yeah so my website is uh www.adcplayersagency.com and my all my social media is linked on there once you scroll through the website uh, my instagram is at adc players agency so good luck with everything, man. Like I'm yes. super happy for you. I'm, I'm excited to see where this brings you. Um, if you ever want to start uh, representing podcast hosts, man, I, I'll, I'll give you a shout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll see as my agency expands and if I can grow into get a deal with Spotify and see how that works and uh, expand you. So we'll see. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Have a good one. Yes, thank you, Anthony. I appreciate it. You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast recorded in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Head to downthepub.ca to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.